0: What is up, guys? Welcome to Episode 6 of Crave the Book. This week, Amber and I talk about Chapters 18 through 21, and this is really exciting because this is actually the snowball fight scene. We've polled you guys multiple times on our Instagram, and a lot of you have said that this is actually your favorite scene in the whole book. So we analyze some of these really, really great moments. We talk a little bit about how Jackson kind of reacts to seeing Grace fall from the tree. And we get into some really, really interesting spoiler topics halfway through the episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. What is up, guys? Welcome to Crave the Book with Amber and Starla. Um, First little thing that I wanted to point out was that last week we announced the winner to our crave giveaway so congratulations to her I actually shipped out her uh her goodies uh early early last week so hopefully she's already received them or is about to Um guys Make sure that you share the podcast on social media. Uh, Obviously, when we have a giveaway or an event or something fun, we're going to have a lot more listeners, which was the case. We had a ton of listeners when we did the giveaway. And, you know, it's typical to see those kind of drop off. But we want to keep doing these. We want to make sure that we're able to do more giveaways in the future. And you guys listening every week really helps us make that possible. So feel free to share us on social media. That way others can hear about About the podcast as well. Um, And then the last little bit that I wanted to just point out in case you didn't know Tracy Wolf actually released the first chapter of Court on Tuesday. So that's really exciting. If you haven't had the opportunity to read it yet, um, unfortunately, there were so many people on Tuesday night trying to flood her website to read it that it actually crashed her site, and then they had to move it over to Entangled's website, uh, and that crashed as well. And it took several hours, but it <laughs> is there now. So if you're interested in reading it, you can check that out. Um, so guys, today is episode six, and we're going to be covering chapters 18 through 21. And lucky for you, that seems to be everyone's like favorite scene other than the Northern Lights. Everyone tells us that uh the snowball fight scene with Flint is their very, very favorite. So we're going to get into some really fun stuff. But before that, for everyone who is new here, make sure that you listen for... <gasps> The howl. And Amber, do you want to tell them what that
1: howl signifies? Of course. So for anybody who is new, we have an alert to let you know that everything past the point of the howl will probably be a spoiler you don't want to hear. So instead of plugging your ear holes and going, no, 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 no. We want you to leave the podcast. You can come back whenever you want, whenever you're ready, and you you have read all of the books that are currently published already. We don't want to give you any cover uh, spoilers or crush if you haven't got there either. Um, so make sure to listen out for the howl and uh, everything before the howl should be relatively safe for you to listen to. Um, hopefully there there'll be no surprises because we hate getting spoilers. So we don't want to make sure that we want to make sure that you don't get them either.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, I think that the only thing that we frequently spoil is that the school is not normal and the students are not human. But I'm going to assume that you guys already know that. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be reading the series. So that's about the only spoiler that you get. Um, So guys, let's go ahead and jump right in. Amber, you actually read the chapters today. I read them last week. So I'm going to go ahead and let you start because I need my memory uh, freshened up on chapters 18 through 21.
1: (laughs) Okay. So to jog your memory, um, it starts off with Macy trying to make sure that grace definitely wants to go to the snowball fight but she's doing that best friend like oh well we don't have to we can stay in whiny 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 Uh, yeah but she secretly really does want to go and she's so excited to go meanwhile grace is doing the best friend thing of i really don't want to go but we'll go for macy (laughs) so um they're having that conversation and um Grace actually gets quite excited when she starts seeing Macy start putting all of her clothes on. So putting all of her layers on. She's like, oh, Macy isn't an alien.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, oh yeah, because last the, <laughs> the gazebo scene, she notices that, uh, Jackson and Leah aren't wearing coats and Macy is the same one who's putting on a coat, um, so, one thing that I noticed, and I think that this was more, uh, towards the last scene where Jackson was, um, kind of departing from Grace outside, but he warned her about Flint. And I noted, like, why exactly is he so suspicious? Like, does he suspect something with Flint? Is he worried that Flint's gonna like steal his girl? I mean, I wonder what exactly it is that has Jackson so suspicious to begin with. Because Flint, like, obviously, and one trying to avoid spoiler topics, um, but Flint is a good guy. I mean, he makes dumb mistakes sometimes in the series, but he's a good guy. And it seems like he's been a good guy for a long time. <laughs> so I wonder what it is.
1: See, I had the the idea that it was a lot of resentment towards each other. So I thought that Jackson resented Flint because he wasn't just popular, but he exuded that popularity like he was popular for a reason he was a great guy he had real like charisma he's a good laugh to be around whereas jackson has popularity because of his infamy right um like his status and his money um the danger aspect uh, yeah and i and i feel like jackson probably resented flint for enjoying the limelight so much and being so personable and being so charismatic and chatting with everybody and just having a great time with everybody. Meanwhile, Jackson he walks the corridor. Everyone knows who he is and then they all avoid him and they don't want anything to do with him. They I don't know whether half of the time whether he actually wanted that or not. I don't know whether he isolated himself. But he's the one with the posse. He's the one with the little like clique that follow him around. <laughs> right. So I mean and i yeah i thought that maybe they weren't his friends because up until the point when we actually meet them properly they don't really have any personality they don't have any characters within that group they are just the order um which we are introduced in that sentence in that that paragraph where macy's talking about how um the school is run she talks about the order um did did you have a, like a group at your school starler, like when when you were growing up, did you have the the group the it girls did or well, the it boys did Did they have a name?
0: Multiple, multiple. They didn't have a name. That's that's too cringy. Um, but we definitely had like, for example, there was and and I was the goth kid. I was like the trip pants Slipknot T-shirt. Just the kid. one.
1: The yeah. one goth kid.
0: Yeah, no, I was uh, there. Yeah, our school was like half and half. It was like you were either preppy or you were a goth. And we we hated <laughs> each other. It was the preps and the goths. And um but there were subsectors of those cliques. So I was one of the goth kids, but I wasn't one of the cool goth kids. Um, so, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was. So the real goth kids just called me a poser because <laughs> I went from wearing like pink puppy shirts and dressing all cute to just when you're showing up at school all gothed out. And apparently that's not what you're supposed to do. So I got made fun of real bad. Um And then I started blending in. But yeah. It was, it was like subsectors of the cliques. Same with the preppy kids. You had, you had the, the preppy kids who were just absolutely like runway model gorgeous. And then you had the preppy kids who, you know, they weren't getting by on their good looks. They were just super charismatic that everybody liked them. Um, and then you had the super preppy, but insanely intelligent kids that, you know, are going to be like the doctors and lawyers of the school. It's, it's weird structure. Let us know, guys, um, on either Instagram at Crave Series Aesthetic, or if you're watching from YouTube, comment and let us know what the clicks are like in your schools now. Because I know a lot of you are in high school. Um, and it would be really
1: interesting to know if if the clicks are the same. <laughs> it is weird because as a Brit, I don't think I could say that we have. The same clicks. well you guys are dressed the same exactly so we all have the same uniform but we all style it differently so the what you would call the prappy girls they would be wearing the really like bordering on illegal school code of conduct mini skirts like they would try and wear like the bare minimum of a skirt um we also used to really um, stretch the limits with our tie. So, um, we had our ties on, but we would make it really fat. (laughs) So we would make like the fattest knot and the shortest tail (laughs) for this, for the tie and then hang it around our necks, like a necklace, like as low as possible. Um, as a, you know, like a big, like middle finger to our (laughs) uniform choosers. Um, but yeah, we didn't really have clicks in the way of like jocks or anything, because it wasn't like you wore your cheerleading outfit at school. And it wasn't like you wore your, like even the football or or soccer, even the football kids, like they weren't, they weren't a big high school status for me. Like, I don't know who they were. I don't know who was the sports people. I I I don't know anything. But all I remember was that I was not part of the IT crew and, um, they were called the eight pod at our school because Ooh. there was eight girls, all blonde, um, all just, you know, just the stunning girls that just, they all stick together.
0: Amber um, should write a book. Amber should write her own, um, her own like book about yeah. the, all the little clicks at her school and how they all wore their uniforms differently and then they have like a turf war
1: at the school
0: oh it's, it's <laughs> yeah. the fat tie kids oh it's the mini skirt girls <laughs> it, it,
1: with all of our different houses as well
0: yeah <laughs> and macy the the when she starts like getting up in arms about you know oh my god when did you talk to Jackson it's it's exactly it's like you know if somebody from from the preppy crowd was like oh my god when did you talk to the goth guy
1: <laughs> you, you cannot have a conversation with them they're 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 so unachievable
0: <laughs> they're so broody which I mean to be fair Jackson was uh very very broody but yeah I know you have a lot of notes about that scene, but Macy was super, super freaked out. And I don't know if it was like a scared freaked out, like she's afraid for Grace or if it's just because of the, you know, the groups and not intermingling and she doesn't want to lose Grace to a different group.
1: I mean, it's possible because Grace is the only one that is kind of like a free agent. She doesn't really belong to any specific group. But um I did kind of get like almost a hint of... You know when you, you hang around someone who is a bit of an adrenaline junkie and you can't ever conceive of being that person? Oh, yeah. Like why are you taking such a risk? Like, who are you? Why, why do you enjoy this? Why do you enjoy putting yourself in danger? And I kind of interpreted the scene and her entire reaction to Jackson like that.
0: Yeah. And, 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 I mean, obviously she knows that there's something, she knows exactly what Jackson is. That's why she's like, you know, are you hurt? Are you okay?
1: Uh, but but that, do they, like, whatever Jackson is, I don't think that even throughout the books, they never ever say that they are exactly what, like, normal culture expects them to be. Like,
0: Right, it's not, they're not vicious. It's not like he's a rabid dog none of them they're all very sophisticated and for self-control on the scale of fantasy like vampire ya romance i feel like these vampires are the most controlled of all of them i mean back to twilight Are they the only
1: ones how, how many books have you read about vampires where they're born and not made
0: um usually i'll admit most of the ones that i read that's the main conflict of interest That's always – that is, like, one of the most common tropes that I see is that there's – it happens, you know, like, right down the middle. And that is a conflict in the storyline. Oh, we don't like these types.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I wonder whether – because she didn't really ever interact with anybody that was made. Um so I'm wondering whether it's just the born thing is that they've they've never known anything different, so why would they be savage? Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes a lot anyway, that's, sense. Anyway, that's that's that that's spoilering. That's that's that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a way way too soon. Um, so when when she was like When when could you have ever spoken to Jackson? I've been with you the entire time. And I'm like, No, you
0: haven't. I know. Grace <laughs> is just like I've you know, around. <laughs>
1: There was the bit where Grace went for her midnight walk. There was the bit where she ran away from the party. There was an entire day when Macy was at school and was going doing her exams and Grace was left unattended. Like already that's three quite large chunks of time where Grace has been unsupervised. And I think supervised is the (laughs) the best
0: way (laughs) of this. I mean, yeah, and you can't expect her what's she going to do? Just stay locked up in the bedroom the whole time that's that's not gonna
1: happen she's she is sentient <laughs> <laughs> she's she's she definitely has quite an adventurous side. I think that me and you i don't like I don't know whether I can speak for you, but i wouldn't I would just be like, I'm quite happy in my little room if I'm honest. I don't need to go and explore.
0: I don't know it depends on where I'm at if I was in an unfamiliar place, and especially if I thought that it was just the normal school, yeah, I would definitely explore. I'm the type that if I'm staying in a fancy, like, old hotel or something, I'm just, as long as there's no sign that tells me not to go somewhere, I will just explore the whole thing. I will walk around. I don't care who I bump into, as long as there's no sign that says don't, you know. But that's different because it's like a solo expedition. I'm by myself. As long as I'm not... At risk of running into people?
1: I I will totally explore. I just don't want to talk to anybody while I'm doing it. Are you my husband at any point and start fiddling with things? He fiddles. He fiddles whenever we go anywhere, like on holiday... He's, he's the one that's like, oh, so this light switch does this and this power, like (laughs) you does this. He's like, how does how do I got to turn on the TV and I've got to find all of the buttons on the remote to make sure what I'm doing. And then I'll turn off the TV. I never intended to watch the TV, but I've got to make sure how it works. He's going to press this button.
0: He's going to fall through a trap door someday. He's going to, he's going to push the, (laughs) push the wrong button and a trap door is going to open and he's going to fall in and end up you know in a abyss with alligators or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's his engineer brain he wants to know how things work but it's just really like it's just funny because we arrive (laughs) and and i'm like most people would be like right gonna put my suitcase in my room. I'm gonna get the layout. I'm gonna know where like the toilet is and all of this. And then he's just like flicking switches. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures.
0: You know what's the worst thing is when you flip a switch and you can't figure out what it does, and then you spend an hour oh, trying to figure out what yeah. that switch does. Oh, all right. Um, let's see. I'm going off of your notes right now because oh, I didn't go for it. I didn't start um taking notes until they were already out. Um, so I like that you noted the, he's not the one that tried to kill me thing because that was, I can't believe I didn't write that down. When Macy was really, really freaking out about Jackson, Grace was like, oh, well, he's, he's not the one who tried to kill me. And that was in reference to Mark and Quinn. And then Macy's uh, very foreboding response was,
1: yeah, give it time. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like through the like on the first read-through I was like oh wow like she really does not like Jackson but the second read-through that I read today I was like literally could be any one of the people at the school because everyone's trying to kill her
0: everybody and I I don't even think I don't think everyone's trying to do it on purpose I mean no I think that it's just people are trying to mess with her and it's going badly (laughs) I also think that, like,
1: she's literally living in a place where if she goes outside, she dies. If she falls out of a tree, she dies. (laughs) If she gets thrown over the banister rail, she dies. If she ends up in the wrong corridor at night, she dies. If she drinks out of the wrong
0: tumbler, she dies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that she's necessarily put herself in the most safe place. She's literally in a shark cage just waiting for that moment. Uh, but she's kind of running out of oxygen. And it's going to need to come up at some point.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's not like they can prolong this forever. And right when she got to the school, I swear, Uncle Finn was going to tell her. He was like, "I need to talk to you about something." But you're tired, so we'll do it later. Like, you should. I think
1: they're on day three, day four now. Yeah. Like, someone
0: needs to tell this girl, especially since they're about (laughs) to go out for a snowball fight that she literally described as being like all out guerrilla warfare.
1: Um, (laughs) Armageddon.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that we both took note on this exact same scene. When Grace is, uh, going downstairs and, and, uh, bumps into Jackson very dramatically, she says, join me and the two of us can build a bigger arsenal. And Jackson said, and here I thought that's exactly what I've been doing. What the heck does that mean?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I've read the whole series and I don't know what that means. I, like like guys, we can't even spoiler this because we don't know if if anything, I think that he was just kind of referring to the fact that he already knows that they are together, um, and he's trying to push it a bit more. so he's like, well, clearly we're working together. We're already a pair, but she's not gonna know that. <laughs> he's really being really cryptic,
0: yeah, I mean, and that's that's not an arsenal i I took it as like. Oh, he's getting all of the all of the vampires. He's collecting people into the order, and but then I'm like, no, because it looks like all the vampires walk around with him, right? N-
1: no, also like an arsenal isn't um, an army. An arsenal are the weapons that yeah. you use for an army.
0: Yeah, and he
1: uh, ain't got nothing. He's got nothing.
0: <laughs> it's very confusing. He and he is very not prepared. Even, even you know. All of the dramatic scenes where things go bad for him in this series, he kind of gets beat up quite a bit several times in the series. Where is this Arsenal Jackson? What, what Yeah, I
1: don't think that he's necessarily trained like combat wise.
0: No, I I don't think I mean so. he is a
1: school kid, I suppose.
0: But he, how old is he?
1: I don't know. It's never ever mentioned. And I think that I put that like I don't think that I have ever read a vampire novel where the main protagonist is never asked how old he is. How old are you? 17. (laughs) How long have you been 17? A while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But yeah, we, we never find out how old he is. And we also never find out how old he's supposed to be. Like a like look wise either. It's just he's young and devastatingly
0: handsome. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I believe that they say. I swear they say how old he is. I swear they say like two hundred years old or something.
1: He's mentioning the fact that he was there for a specific thing that happened two hundred years ago, but they never say how old he was at the time of the thing that happened two hundred years ago. we don't know but then we're gonna again we're gonna read it at some point aren't we yeah we're we're gonna actually pay attention
0: so don't tell us i know we say a lot of dumb things during the podcast and you guys always message us and you're like no 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 (laughs) in this book you're wrong let us let us be wrong we'll we'll we'll
1: point it out when we read back through and that way we can all laugh about what idiots we are (laughs) we're both like the fastest readers ever so I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit savant when I read. <laughs> like, I'll just go, Brr, read a page, Brrr, read a page. Like, I skip so many words. Like, my brain fills in the gaps. And then sometimes I read a few pages and I'm like, wait, what? What just happened? And I'll have to read it again.
0: And it's funny because she read Crave in a day. Actually, I think you read like all the books each, like a day per book. And
1: i'd say i read the whole thing in like if i read cover to cover no toilet breaks no food breaks no annoying putting the the book down because i was rolling my eyes so hard um i'm gonna say 14 hours for the whole the whole series
0: yeah so it's natural that especially now you're you're having to read it slow chapter by chapter and analyzing everything so we're gonna catch
1: a lot more things um uh-huh and I did this time, as well, like there were things that I was like, "I don't remember that happening, yeah, like oh, so that's why
0: that uh it's and I highly recommend if you guys haven't reread the series, do it just just for the heck of it because you'll catch so much more on the second read through, and it's where Tracy sprinkled in like just the smallest clues that you would never understand on that first read through um so Grace. And Jackson kind of bump into each other. Jackson starts acting all broody as usual, and then Flint shows up, and there's some tension there. Um, and and Grace tries to invite Jackson to do the snowball fight, and obviously the the factions can't mix, so that's not going to happen. Uh, a fight almost breaks out between Jackson and Flint. But then things kind of, you know, fizzle out. Well, Grace diffuses it with her
1: humor. Yes, that's that's as as we both do. That's the <laughs> perfect way. Whenever conflict starts, let's put a joke in and walk away. Yes, that is the best way. I
0: am. I am. That's like the best way to diffuse any situation. Um, one of my favorite examples of this in the real world is you know how like when they do the photos of like MMA fighters. And they have them all like sizing up to each other, like standing faces only like an inch apart, scowling at each other while the photographers take those photos. And I'm sure it's a very primal moment where two men who are about to beat the crap out of each other are forced to stare into each other's eyes for several minutes without moving. My favorite one is there's a... a a fight where one of them just like out of nowhere leans forward and kisses the other one and i laughed (laughs) so hard because they're just scowling and then the
1: other one just goes (laughs) but yeah that's that would break the tension it right it does it's so funny or increase the tension if the other person is a very serious person
0: right or or very like homophobic which you know what that's that makes it that makes it even funnier because (laughs) that's that's hilarious um
1: and it's public as well. Everybody was watching it, so everybody would know. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> um, I yeah, la- I think she. I think she says, "Like, come on, then let's win this thing." And uh, they were all like, "You really expect yourself <laughs> to win?" It's like the little. And she's like, "Yeah, that's me. I'm I'm the bravado queen or something." I yeah. think she says. And I'm like, I, I at no point have I ever thought that she was bravado like person at all.
0: No, and I think she knows that. <laughs> yeah um so when they start to walk away after jackson leaves and says his weird arsenal thing um flint said something that i took note of he said i just i didn't know screwed up and obnoxious was your type and i read that and i was just like no but it's yours
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah i i found that to be funny um so that could that could describe any of the men in this series, right?
0: <laughs> They're all screwed up and obnoxious. Oh God! Um, so snowball fight. I love that we both noted this was Grace's first happy, fun moment in the series, and we're we are like in chapters eighteen through twenty-one. I don't know exactly what chapter the snowball fight takes place. 18. Yeah, 18. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the first time that she's happy. We have read 17 chapters of very unhappy Grace and this is the first time that she's been happy. So
1: and not just happy like she describes it as laughing like a hyena and like I I've got to admit I've I've been in that mode once or twice before. You know where you have like the in- uncontrollable giggles. Um, and it's usually followed by like somebody going, "Okay, like you can calm down now," and then you can't. Yeah. And the the giggles sort of like bubble through your lips, and you still can't stop. <laughs> um, and like those moments are the ones that you genuinely feel the happiest because I'm guessing that your your brain is just loading up with that dopamine of laughing because laugh- laughing actually helps. Like this way, comedians are so needed in society is because jokes jokes work jokes jokes are fun it makes you smile it makes you laugh so the fact that she was in that uncontrollable giggle like cackling like a hyena (laughs) um it like it made me smile because i've i have been in that mode before and i could just put myself in her shoes
0: yeah and and especially after everything that's happened to her, even just since she's been at the school, it was just like a really good moment where she could relax 100%. Um,
1: yeah, and even though it was described as like full out, like guerrilla warfare, super like violent, she doesn't feel any threat. No. She doesn't feel like she's incapable either. I think that going into it, she'd never had a snowball fight before in her life. She had been given that little tidbit of information by Jackson to build an arsenal, which was quite sweet. <laughs> he was he wasn't going to play, but at the same time, he was like, "You should, you should do this." So that gives you the idea that he he once used to have snowball fights. He's grown up now. He's he's mature, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, she's just she's just having like the great time, and she's not thinking about the fact that she's li- she's literally having a a snowball fight with like like super powered people
0: yeah where she could where she could die where she she comes very close
1: to dying and yeah and she also says at some point she was like i was thinking of pulling punches and i'm like that's what everyone else must have been doing (laughs) (laughs) all right they can't have they can't have been throwing their snowballs that far or that fast or that hard because it wasn't very super power-y. it was very just like a normal very crazy and a lot of people playing
0: it would have had to have been a collective group group effort though um which yeah. is you know trying to get that many people to collab on not beating the crap out of each other and even like what mark and quinn were in it like i i still feel like I don't know. I mean, unless everybody was just going easy, or Grace is just blind and not noticing it. You know that, <laughs> well, that- we
1: knew that anyway. Right. Aliens, aliens. <laughs> um, and she said that during the um, when everybody was like amassing before the fight, she was really pleased to see that a few people actually still had their coats and jackets and hats and things on. So she was like, okay, so not all of the school are aliens. I'll put it back up on
0: the screen. Aliens. I did, I did the meme with the guy. I put like <laughs> students at or Academy aliens. And that was in our YouTube version for those who don't know uh, the version of the podcast that we post on YouTube usually includes some visuals. And if we reference anything, I'll throw it up on the screen. Um, but Feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Even if you already follow us on Spotify or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, uh, come subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That way, if for any reason we're not able to get an episode onto one of the other streaming platforms or, you know, something buggy occurs, YouTube is completely separate from all of those podcast apps. So you can also listen there. Not to mention subscribing to the YouTube channel just makes us feel happy. We're up to over a hundred subscribers on YouTube.
1: Which is crazy because that's not even our main place of distribution. Yeah, subscribe to both guys.
0: Um, So all of the notes that I have about, you know, Grace falling and and, and everything that kind of happens around that time period. I have spoiler comments to include in, so I can't really touch on those scenes of Grace falling. Did you have anything specific
1: about those scenes? I think reading through it, obviously, because I I read it quite recently within the last hour. Right. (laughs) When I was reading it, I think that it all felt very natural. And I think that the way that Tracy wrote it was very unspoilery. It was very unforeshadowing. The way that she wrote it definitely sounded as if Flint was ashamed of the fact that he saved Grace, but couldn't tell her how he did it.
0: Right. Like he was trying to cover up the fact that he was a you know supernatural yeah he and he had somehow been able to jump grab her spin like like a cat in midair and take the blunt of the fall and for some reason jackson is super mad about it and just being completely irrational like it really makes jackson seem like a big d-bag
1: that yeah, whole- I mean, I th- I thought that Jackson was angry because he had almost given the game away and he'd like been too obvious about it. But then I was like, well, how else was she going to survive the fall? I wanted
0: to catch her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the fact that he wasn't hurt as well, I think, just added to the fact of Grace wanting to make sure that he was okay and Flint just wanting her to leave because I think he realized just how much Jackson was like hanging on by a thread of how angry he was. He was like, please just leave, just leave with Jackson. I'll be fine. Just, just, just go.
0: Um, and then, and then they start heading back when she does leave with Jackson and Macy and they realize that Grace is, Foot is hurt. I I took note of that. She's where Jackson, so determined. Yeah. As well, and Jackson, the whole like, does this hurt? Like Jackson, dude, don't play doctor. Okay, Edward Cullen has multiple medical degrees, and I swear to God, he googled vampire baby in Breaking <laughs> Dawn. Like Carlisle is the only vampire doctor that you should trust. Don't listen. Stop listening to these seventeen-year-olds. They don't know what they're doing. Does this hurt?
1: <laughs> That's- he also was so oblivious to her being in pain because he was so angry and he was like storming ahead. He wasn't actually paying attention. And he was like, you couldn't have possibly been hurt from that fall. And I think that that's just based on the fact that everyone at the school probably would have been absolutely fine falling out of their tree. It a superhero landed. Think, yeah. And I think up until the point where he looked at her and her like face twinged with pain, I think that was when he was like, oh yeah, you're actually fragile you can you can be hurt
0: yeah and then and then he takes it a little bit like too seriously because he's just like okay well come here (laughs) scoops her up
1: yeah i'm too happy i would be so awkward because within like three days she's already been carried by two men
0: (laughs) i do love i do love that dialogue scene where she's protesting and he's just like grace shut up shut up (laughs) just shut up he can't tell her why he can't tell her that he has super strength but he's just like shut up just stop
1: thing is he could have absolutely just went look i lift heavier things than you in the gym yeah I'm
0: good. i work out <laughs> it's fine i got this i work
1: out bro. yeah um, and then Macy, Macy doesn't seem to be like weirded out by the fact that he can pick her up and carry her everywhere either. She's just weirded out by the fact that they, she takes him into her room and she's like, why are you here? I, um, And I've also put, I've put a note as well. Grace is so thirsty.
0: I love how you didn't put thirsty. You, I was sitting here trying to figure out what thirsty, fir, <laughs> F-U-R-S-T-I. I'm like, first first oh thirsty guys um she is thirsty thirsty yeah that that
1: whole scene she's just inappropriate she's like oh my goodness we we're almost touching and i can feel him he's touching
0: my feel him
1: it's just yeah it was just really uncomfortable and even in the bedroom when um macy leaves to go get the bandages and they're literally just staring into each other's eyes like i got proper like meadow edward and bella vibes like i was like oh no one needs to be a witness to this this is just uncomfortable
0: yeah um <laughs> so you've got one more comment before we get into spoilers <laughs> do you want to do you want to
1: elaborate yeah. on that <laughs> yeah so um right at the end of the the scene in like i think it's chapter 21 they are she he he's just bandaged up her foot and he's told her how to like ice it and things like that and um they're looking into each other's eyes and she says jackson and then he goes grace and i thought this sounds so much like the 50 shades of gray like exit when she's going into the lift into the elevator anastasia
0: (laughs) my favorite is the movie where when she actually when anna leaves christian and and he does the anna and she goes
1: christian and then the door closes. (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly what i pictured in my head (laughs) it's <laughs> that really awkward like no one ever says goodbye like that
0: have you ever in your life looked at your husband and just went scott
1: <laughs> no <laughs> not not unless i want something
0: scott <laughs> yeah scott
1: scott can i have that extra dinner <laughs>
0: <laughs> my uh well my husband's name is mark but i don't call him mark i call him Anthony because his name is mark antony and I don't call him Anthony either because I usually have some pet name that I call him instead. So if I say Antony to him, he'll just look at me and go, Starla. Like <laughs> we don't we don't call each other by our names because I'm I I don't go by my name. I go by I rarely
1: him. call him Scott because that's my father's name. Mm. And that makes it super awkward.
0: Yeah, and Mark is his dad's name, so it's kind of, it's weird.
1: I mean, I've never ever referred to my father as Scott, so I suppose it doesn't, it doesn't really apply so much, but it's still weird. Yeah. Um. It's usually just babe. Yeah, babe. Eh, hey, babe. Which I which I swore as a very eloquent and very literate and very well-read, like, young adult that I would never, ever do. Like, oh, it's just so infantile. <laughs> and then, yeah, it just happens, doesn't it? You're just like, oh, okay, I'll just lean into it now. I've, I'm too far gone.
0: Yeah. Like, what is your name? I, well, you've been in my house for a <laughs> while. What is your name? Oh, God. Um so let's go ahead and oh, let's get into our spoiler topics because I have quite a few. So if you have not read the entire series, um, I would say to to covet just in case, um, go ahead and bounce out. Thank you for listening. Everybody else who remains, let's go ahead and talk about some little hints and things that we caught through the series. So um First thing I wanted to note was that Flint knows he's been caught, right? He's sitting on the ground mm-hmm. um and and then he does his like little spring jump up, I'm fine, I'm fine. And Jackson's there and and it's really tense because Jackson knows and flint knows that jackson knows because at the end of the book we get that whole scene written from jackson's perspective where he describes exactly what he did which in my brain it doesn't make sense i can't visualize what happened he threw no he he threw flint to and flint grabbed grace and then so
1: my My interpretation of it is that he obviously has telekinesis, so he can control Um. Flint to a certain point. But wasn't Macy watching as well? Yeah, she was right there. And like, there's no way, like Flint knows that whatever the movements that he did were very unnatural. But wouldn't Macy be looking at it going, well, that looked weird.
0: Yeah, that's... and, And... you know, well, hell,
1: never trust a giant.
0: <laughs> never trust a dryan. Dry, dry. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you know, there's that tense moment where Flint, Flint knows that Jackson knows, and Jackson knows that Flint knows that he knows, and they're staring at each other. Why but does they never Jack- do
1: anything about it? Yeah.
0: Why doesn't F- Jackson do more? This. He's win- like,
1: you literally me- just tried to kill her in front of me. I know you did it. There is absolutely no question that you did it. And yet he waits until, like, the basement dungeon scene before he's like, well, actually, you're a piece of rubbish and I don't like you.
0: Yeah, like, they and they didn't need to do it in front of Grace. He could have confronted him at any point alone without Grace there. They used to be best friends. Like, he could have been like, yo,
1: dude, what the hell? Why did you do that? And then Flint could have gone like, oh, by the way, Leah is planning her murder.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Because she
1: plans to bring your brother back. And Jax would be like, oh, hell no.
0: Yeah. This is one of those things where, you know, just a little bit of communication could have solved everything. It happens. But I mean, it it
1: happens in every, every book. Every movie, every book. There's always that person that's like, I decided not to tell them because I didn't want them to be in pain. I didn't want them to hurt. I didn't want them to think any less of me. And I'm like, you know, that they're actually going to think way less of you when the truth comes out. Yeah. So just tell them, just tell them straight out, outright. Um.
0: They Dumbledored him. Like, it's, it's just, you know, that's all of Harry Potter could have been resolved if Dumbledore was just like, hey, <laughs> guess what?
1: I'm going to kill you.
0: You have to die. Bye.
1: You'll wake up in a minute.
0: Yeah, you'll be fine, but you got to die, and then everything will be
1: fine. Um, oh, spoiler alert for Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> and um, then there's, there's also those scenes in, like, movies where, like, two two it's usually two parties are doing two different things and they're both like discovering things it's usually during like a murder mystery and um, like one one company is like finding out one thing and the other party and group is finding out another thing and they just never communicate between each other and they're just you've got one half of the puzzle they've got the other half talk to each other god damn it
0: right y'all have cell phones like come on now yeah just send a photo there you go clue yeah Jackson could have even called Flint on the phone. Like, they have phones. He he buys Grace an iPhone. like. But this is the moment that, that Grace should have just been told the truth. Like, the, if there was ever a moment when Grace yeah. could have been told the truth, I feel like the snowball fight should have
1: been it. Um, it also would have been awesome. Falling out of a tree, being saved. Yay, you're alive. Look, dragon.
0: Right, dragon, vampire, supernaturals. <laughs> Woo. Um you know, and I felt like that whole scene after after the confrontation when Jackson leaves with Grace, he really like establishes his claim on her in front of everyone. Um he and I wonder if that cuz Flint acts really ashamed and really upset that he's been caught. And I wonder if he's also upset because obviously he is in love with Jackson is he also maybe upset by seeing that visually seeing Jackson take that claim on Grace and like establish like yes this we are a thing
1: maybe i also think that maybe flint could have realized that even if we're not friends anymore if you both don't want Hudson to live, then we could have like joined forces and killed Grace, but now you've fallen in love with her and you want her. There's no way that you'll ever be on my side when I need to go and kill her.
0: Yeah. Like we are I am destroying all all future of ever being with you.
1: Mhm. So you would like he would never ever forgive him yeah. for doing that.
0: Um so you had mentioned uh, that Macy's starting to get suspicious at this point.
1: Well, Grace Grace is starting to get suspicious of, of Macy. Macy. yeah. Because um, Macy never is finishing her sentences, so she's like, oh, never trust a drat. Um, but also at the beginning of this, like, shh, I think Grace is really concerned that Macy's holding out on this secret and even calls her out on it and says, like, you really need to, like, let me in on the secret or at least tell me something because I'm going to commit social suicide if I'm the only one that's not in on the joke. Um And Macy's like, oh, well, social suicide is the last thing that you should be worried about. And that like, doesn't make it, was it any like better. A, no, no, no. Don't worry. Somebody's going to actually try and murder you instead. Don't worry about killing yourself. Yeah. like it's just re- It was a really awkward scene and I was like, oh, I can imagine, like, you're having a conversation with your best friend where you realize your best friend is lying to you and even when you call them out on the lie they don't deny the lie they just say that oh well don't worry about it
0: right yeah and and especially when it's something like this sinister like it's not it's not like a petty little thing like grace knows that there's something seriously up yeah and the
1: thing is the thing's that she's very very suspicious of it's never like things about jackson it's things about the way that people are talking so she's not suspicious of the water bottles she's not suspicious of the um the falling out of the tree and being caught like she's not suspicious of any of that but she's suspicious of the fact that they're not wearing coats yeah I mean, she seems to have her very, like, very strange priorities in her list of things that she's judging.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything should be kind of catalogued together. I would be.
1: Yeah, I and I th- think she would have come to a conclusion a lot faster.
0: Right. I would have been walking around with a notebook. <laughs> um, let's see. Um,. We both put in our notes when they finally do get back to the bedroom. Oh, actually, you know what, JK, I have another thing that I wanted to mention. Um, Macy, when they get to the bedroom, Macy tells Jackson to go on in. Did you catch that?
1: I didn't, but I did get the. She was pulling back the curtain, whereas for everybody else, she would just walk in and they would have to do it themselves. Yeah. However, when I first read through it, I was thinking, "Oh, she's holding it open because he doesn't have any like hands free because he's carrying Grace." Um, but you no, know, I didn't catch up on the um the invitation into her room. Yeah, she but straight up invited that does him. mean that um. She can't take that back. It's, it's it's done. Now he has an invite into her bedroom. She's literally given him full access.
0: Maybe that's why she's so nervous. Because, I mean, we saw yeah. Hudson tried to come into the room uninvited in Covet. Covet? Yeah, in Covet. And he started burning. Like, his hands started blistering and burning. And Grace was like, oh, my God, come in. Come in, come in, come in. Um, yeah. But yeah, she she fully invites him in. And then um, we both notice this. Macy completely freezes up when Jackson tells her to go get ice in a bandage. Well,
1: it's, it's almost like, a, like wait. But instead of saying wait, he makes her freeze and then asks her for something on top of what he's already asked for. So she's already on the way out. And then he's like, oh, can you also get this? but she's frozen like in midair and even doesn't speak or like talk or, or acknowledge that they've spoken until Grace is like, come on, Macy, and then claps obnoxiously like to try and get her attention like a waiter. Like, excuse me.
0: See, it could either be Jackson like holding her there for a moment, or it could be Macy like really debating like, should I go is it safe to go oh because I mean I oh yeah I'm in mental conundrums like that all the time where my husband will be like what are you staring at I'm like I am not staring at anything I am I am in outer space right now traveling I'm having a conversation in my head I yes I have more conversations in my head than I have out loud um So it it could have been where she's trying to decide, like, oh, what's the right thing to do? He seems nice,
1: but I don't know. It could also be a – have you ever done that thing where you're walking away from somebody and then they say another thing and, like, you you thought the argument was over? You thought the conversation was over and you freeze and you do that face to the wall, like, I hate you. Yeah. I thought that that could also have been that. And I think that that's what I read as the first time round was that she was like, like walking away because he'd already kind of dismissed her. He was like, we don't need you. We don't need your help, but go get this. You're the help kind of thing. And she starts walking off and then he's like, Oh, and get this as well. And like, she's like, she's doing like the sideshow, Bob, like, I'm, I'm,
0: I pictured her more just like, like, wide-eyed standing like mouth agape Uh, uh unsure yeah yeah um that's all i had for my spoilers did you have anything else for spoilers
1: i had some little tiny 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 spoilers for the bond the, the mating bond between Jackson and Grace, she kind of explains it a little bit more of the way that she's interpreting it and the way that she's feeling it. So she talks about electricity, this arcing between us. The first time I read that, I was like, ugh, yeah. shut up. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was more apparent that she was talking about the mating bond, that the closer that they got, the stronger the, the electricity between them. And it was almost like she was like, I feel tethered to him. Um she was talking about how she can read his facial expressions a little better. And she was like, I, I can almost know what he's feeling without him doing anything. Um, yeah, it, it was quite interesting the way that the second time read through that, the mating bond was so much more apparent despite her being so unaware of it physically.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's, it, Tracy did a good job of nestling that in because anytime you read like a YA romance, that's always like electricity spark between us. That was like the pool of a magnet. I even write like that exact same line, something about like uh, the mag- invisible magnetic force.
1: I, I wrote can't help but reach out to touch each other. And I think that was a bit in the beginning as well when she was leaving yeah she was she was leaving for the snowball fight and they were stood there and she just was like i i have this like aching need to touch him and i can see that he's feeling it too and we just have our hands sort of out mid-air looking really awkward and then the moment's gone because a gust of wind happens or something and um i think yeah the first the first read for you i was like ugh.
0: Crave to me is the setup. Like anytime I talk to someone who's read the series and they're like, yeah, I read Crave and I didn't really like it. I'm like, yeah, you read, you read the setup. Like you, you got to keep reading because Crave to me, almost, it makes fun of itself. Uh, there's a lot of really silly, like witty things thrown in where you, it, it's setting you up to make you think that this is going to be a stereotypical tropey vampire uh melodrama romance and then that she flips the card on you like and that's why I, I know that a lot of people they go into it and they love crave and then they don't like the rest of the series because they thought that it was going to be that melodrama um you know <laughs> romance and but i there's so many of those like this to me was different this to me was something fresh where we, I, I thought that i knew what i was getting and then i read crush and i was like oh like this took a turn yeah this this took a sharp turn um i really can't wait until you continue reading a court of thorns and roses because <laughs> it's a it's a roller coaster as well on uh, a similar pattern um for anybody who hasn't read it and if you're like having hangover waiting for court definitely pick up a court of thorns and roses as well because it's very much the same vibe just written in a more like i
1: don't know what what would the era for the book be like not medieval Mm, it's not it's not medieval but it's very like i like i had like saxon vibes i had like because our history is way longer than yours so we have a lot of like weird like edwardian then like saxon than like Stuart and Tudor and all of those. So whenever we talk about medieval, I think it's a lot longer of a period. But I think that I was just, I was thinking of like very, a very simple life, a very bare bones. And then I was getting a lot of hunger game vibes from it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there, there was, there was, I think the reason why I get frustrated with young adult fiction, especially when they're describing romance is because My experiences of romance have not been those. No. Like, I don't, I don't have the like aching desire to reach out and touch his hand. And I can see that he has it too. And, and things like that. Like, it was very bumbling, very awkward, very like you would like me and my husband have those like, Oh, we had a moment where we knock hands against each other, but it's never like a, ah, that was cute. It was like a, your hand was in the way. This was really uncomfortable. Uh, like you go for the car stereo at the same time and you're like, "Ugh, like now we just touched each other and made it awkward. Like It's not Bella yeah. and Edward. <gasps> oh, your hands yeah, are so I just, I th- I, th- I think they're like, they're just not accurate for normal romance. But then I've never fallen in love with a vampire. So how can I say anything otherwise?
0: That's true. That's true. Maybe this is normal only if you fall in love with a vampire or
1: or a fae. Um and also the problems that they have. They're never like they're never brooding or anything like that because the problems that they have are really mundane and boring.
0: Yeah, like oh, I'm gonna be late to this job interview on Wednesday. Like I don't give a crap. Yeah. Go slay a dragon for me, jeez.
1: My mom told me to tidy my room, and you're like, oh, oh, you poor baby, I'm grounded. Uh.
0: Yeah, you can never give, like, the right amount of sympathy, like, sounds for the situation. That's what I am the weakest at in social situations, where someone gives me unfortunate mo- like news that does not affect me at all, and I cannot <laughs> sympathize. So I'm just like, oh, that sucks. Rats. How
1: unfortunate.
0: Darn. I feel
1: so <laughs> bad for you. And
0: then, yeah, then I never think of that. Again, because that's just not how my brain is wired. That's why I do better, solitary, you know,
1: not very social. But meanwhile, Jackson's like, I'm the prince and I killed my brother. And now (laughs) I have to like overlord this thing. And I have this power. I, I accidentally create earthquakes. And you're like, oh right? Do me, daddy.
0: Right, exactly. That's it, It's got to be like a big problem. It's got to be something that's going to affect your psyche where you should have therapy. But instead, it's like, you know what, How, you can have me instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be your therapy. Yeah, no,
0: don't ever. <laughs> PSA of the of the episode, don't be someone's therapy. We'll keep it short this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking like, What would even a therapist say to Jackson at this point? Like he sits down in the sofa, he starts talking about all the things that he's had to cope with up until like today. And the therapist just goes, (laughs) "Um, uh, where do I start? Uh,
0: (laughs) Have you tried medication?
1: (laughs) Have you tried breathing exercises? (laughs) What good is those like normal therapy going to do for this poor boy?
0: Yeah, let's get you a. You need a like therapy dog. That's what you need, Jess.
1: <laughs> yes, they should all get therapy dogs. <laughs> now I would read that in court. In fact, the next the next book, the next book is just going to be called Canine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tracy, we propose a spinoff where everybody at Catmere Academy is so scarred that they all get a special therapy animal. It's like Harry Potter, except you don't get a choice between a cat or a rat or an owl or a toad. You get actually, like, a cool animal. Not that I don't like cats, but if I had a choice between a dog or a toad,
1: definitely not choosing a toad. We know what you would choose. (laughs) Don't you have a toad? What? I swear you have a frog.
0: I don't have – I had tadpoles, but they live outside.
1: (laughs) do you a? yeah i swear you had a frog you could post pictures of having a frog before and i just thought no, that you had a frog for I pick, some reason
0: i pick up frogs <laughs> they're in my oh. yard my yard is covered in frogs
1: <laughs> i see uh,
0: yes so when you- i was
1: wondering what i was gonna do with the said frog when i come to stay with you <laughs> <laughs> just sat all night going ribbit ribbit ribbit
0: no at night um at night you can go outside and hear them but by the time you come visit, they will probably all be asleep. Um, On that note, (laughs) guys, (laughs) our fan question of the week. This is a question that you guys asked us. We're actually starting to run dry on these. So next week I'll probably go ahead and post uh, on the Crave Series Aesthetic Instagram for you guys to send in more question ideas. We do get a lot of really good ones, but many of them are kind of covering topics that go more into like covet uh, and I would prefer to wait for those questions and try to stick to questions more oriented
1: around just just the general time period of the or has been covered already within just in a just within an episode we cover them and then we can't really have a section just dedicated to it.
0: Yeah, well I don't want to be out of good questions by the time we get to cover or end up having to repeat. So, um just look for that in our Instagram story sometime next week. Our Instagram is crave series aesthetic. But this week we were asked uh, when did you
1: fall in love with Jackson at like what moment I I fell in love with Jackson in cover when he was giving his life to Flint <laughs> I I didn't I didn't I did, like I, I just did, I didn't get on with him for the entire time and I know that a lot of people really love him and i'm not saying that he is a bad person or a bad character or a bad man i just he wasn't for me and then through crush there was a lot of red flags for him for me and i was like oh, i don't I don't, just i don't get on with you you're not the kind of person i would want to spend a lot of time with at all um he was very sweet and he was very romantic but it wasn't it wasn't my kind of romance and then when we got to cover it was It was very needy, very, you, you destroyed my soul. You need to fix me kind of thing. But then I think by the battle, I think he realized that it wasn't all about him, that they were doing something for the, like, a lot bigger than him. And when he saw that Flint was dead, or like dying, I think he realized that he was like, oh wow, I can I can save someone despite the fact that I am already broken. Yeah. I about you, Stala. Do you ever love Jackson?
0: Um In Crave, I liked him, but he was never a character. Like, he didn't qualify as like book boyfriend to me. Like, you know, no. when you read a character and you're just like, oh, book boyfriend. And, and you just immediately jive with them. I definitely jived with Hudson right away. Like, before, mm-hmm. before he was even like out of Grace's head, I jived right away. Jackson, he, I guess his personality, and maybe it was because I've been, you know, in an abusive relationship in the past, and his personality was kind of parallel to the person I was with, with that just intensity all the time, never just being lighthearted. Um, and, and, you know, we see Grace really break out of her shell a lot as well when she isn't with him. And I'm not saying that, you know, Jackson was, like, abusive or anything, um, but he greatly underestimated her for a majority of the series and i just yeah like there were parts that made me like ooh, you know that's exciting but nothing was like oh yeah
1: this is boo now so (laughs) um yeah i think that like book boyfriends are supposed to be an escape from reality and i think that because i could liken him to so many people i didn't i didn't really resonate with him at all whereas hudder's he was an escape he was he was something so un unlike anything that could happen where like he was brimming with power but he decided not to use it and then things like this like the and also the the humor of which hudson like he was so light-hearted and so easy to poke fun and tease and like muck around um and even in like the most serious of situations, he still made me laugh. Like the fact that they were in um like the giant's place and and everybody was after them. It was it the giants or was it the prison where he was like, You you want a taco? You want a taco, Grace? I'll get you ten tacos.
0: Yeah, when they were when they got out to do the uh oh god, what was it?
1: The the pit. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, even even in the most like serious of scenarios. He's still making me laugh as a reader. So I think it would be an, just an absolute hoot to be in a relationship with him. Whereas with Jackson, I feel like I would be constantly treading on eggshells, constantly wanting to make sure that his ego wasn't bruised and the, it just, it would be exhausting, but I can absolutely see why people love him. It's not, it's, it's just a, a preference thing. I don't think that it's a, he's not a realistic expectation of what a, Boyfriend or a partner could be—he's just not for me.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, clearly he's not really for Grace either. Because, I mean, there are plenty of times where she's like, "It's just the mating bond. It's just the mating bond with Hudson." But it's not just the mating bond. Like, if anything, it was the other way. Genuinely,
1: it was just the mating bond with Jackson.
0: Yeah, because they were like destined to be together. It was set up. That they would be together. But they weren't a good so, match. No, definitely not. Not, I mean, if if Grace had been more, you know, like timid and okay with Jackson taking charge, that would have been fine. But that's she's not a docile character. Like she's got some bite to her, she's got some oomph. She wants to take care of herself. And, you know, if if she wanted to be taken care of, that would have been fine, but that's not what she wanted for herself. And he wasn't listening to what she wanted and what she needed for herself. When she could say, like, I can do this, he's like, well,
1: no, no, you can't. (laughs) I even like um, imagining what it would have been like, not if the roles were reversed, but if Hudson was alive when Grace turned up to the school, whether Hudson would have introduced her to the world in a less clunky and just it was really it was a really like she fell into the world rather than was like brought gently and I'm just wondering whether Hudson would have done a better job or not oh I'm losing my voice
0: (laughs) yeah I, I think that Hudson respected her a lot more he doesn't like he doesn't keep secrets from her other than cute secrets like what he promised her because he wants her to guess, But she's aware that he's keeping that secret. Um, it, it's not like he's just keeping something behind her back.
1: Yeah, he, there's nothing that he's like, oh, you can't handle this. So I'm just going to keep it from you.
0: Right, right. All right. So um, do you want
1: to go to the, the question that we asked everybody else this week, Stella?
0: Yeah. So this week, and what was the – do you want to – like remind them of the scene that this was in
1: reference to so the scene that we are talking about is when they're just coming outside of the school and macy and grace are having the conversation about jackson the dangers of being around him and what kind of character he is how bad he is to be around and then he just happens to be right behind her (laughs) So our question is, have you ever had a conversation about someone and they just are just right behind you? Oh,
0: so this one was tight. Um, These answers might change by the end of the night, but as of recording the podcast, uh, the poll has been up for about an hour and we have 54% say yes. And 46% say no. Now, I don't know if this has ever specifically happened to me, um, but I do know that, like, I've I've said dumb things and then been caught saying dumb things. Like, for <laughs> example, I've been, like, we'll go to the grocery store and there will be someone with just, like, I remember we went and there was, like, this man walking around and just, like, a straight up, like, cowboy, like, big 10-gallon hat and cowboy boots, and and what's a ten like, gallon hat? You'll have to Google that one. Okay, <laughs> like a cowboy hat, a big one. <laughs> um, yeah, like big, big cowboy hat. And I remember I leaned down to my daughter, like after I thought that I was out of earshot, and I was like, "Did you see that cowboy?" And then his head shot up. <laughs>
1: or um oh, so it's never, I, it's never a conversation it's never it's just a comment and then you just so happen to not realize how close they were
0: right we uh, there's also been like there we have a remarkable amount of old men in my town that look like santa claus so i'll, <laughs> I'll look at my daughter's almost 10 and i think this will be her last year believing in santa um but she was like she'll see these people and. I'll be. She'll say like Santa Claus, and
1: then they'll look at us, and that's embarrassing too. um I've just sent you the photo of what came up when I Google searched ten gallon hut. Um,
0: that is not correct. <laughs> I will message you after. It's probably the your UK searches
1: are <laughs> skewing. Uh, it came up oh, with like. I'm, we're going to have to just put it up on the screen, I think.
0: <laughs> all right, if you guys are watching on YouTube. There is now a <clears throat> excuse me there is now a 10 gallon hat on the uh, on the screen for you. Enjoy. Everybody else apparently if you're not in the United States and you search for 10 gallon hat, you don't get it. But big big cowboy hat. Um I've I've also I've also sent a message to the wrong person. Oh, I think that I, has happened to me. Yeah, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I was a teenager and I was like talking trash about my mom or something. I can't remember. And I accidentally sent the
1: message to my mom. Oh, no. I've sent <laughs> screenshots of the conversation that I'm having with somebody to the same person. And like that it's too. obvious that clearly I screenshot it for some other reason.
0: <laughs> I always I always play it off. I'm like, how did that happen? Like, whoopsie. <laughs> I must have did that with my butt. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: thing is, oh, normally, whenever I've sent the wrong message to someone, it's completely nonsensical. Like, it's normally by accident. It's never about the person. But there right. have definitely been times when, yeah, like, it's been the screenshot because it's been about that person and I've screenshot it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> now they know that I'm definitely sending screenshots of this conversation <laughs> to somebody else and have no idea what it is.
0: Oh. So you've never had anybody you've never had anybody
1: pop up right behind you. But then I don't really talk to anybody, so I wouldn't be having these judgmental conversations with anybody about anybody else. And Yeah, same. I mean, I have that rule that, like, if if you're with somebody and you're talking smack about somebody, it should be a private space and you should know that the person that you're talking to is the kind of person that doesn't talk about you behind their back because usually that's the type of character is that the people that talk bad about one pe- one person will probably be talking bad about everyone else that they, they they don't just they don't just call out that one person and go i'm just going to talk bad about this person it's probably going to be everybody so whenever i am talking bad about anybody it, it either has to be in a private space Or with somebody that would back me up in that conversation, like my husband, where like there would be no issue if we were heard that I think he would just play it up and just schmooze his way out of it because he's like a slippery eel.
0: Yeah, Um, I think that 90% of like my school troubles that I had were because I thought that someone was like a really close friend and I confided in them and they mm. ran and and told, you know, somebody else. So that's a little lesson for you guys. Um oh, here's another a we- second PSA <laughs> of the
1: episode, I guess.
0: Um SNA PSA. Yeah. If someone is willing to talk bad about others in front of you, they're also likely willing to talk badly about you to others. Um so just be careful about who you trust your secrets with. I, Especially for someone that that's that's hard. straight
1: away. Like if you, so if you're meeting someone for the first time and they immediately start like being mean, you. being mean <laughs> about somebody in, oh. in particular and you're like, well, that's the first impression that you want to make to me, whether or not I agree with you about the person you're speaking to or speaking about, that's the first impression that you want to give me is that you like talking bad about people.
0: <laughs> right. And I mean, some people just like to do it. Some people like it's it. And you know, maybe it's because you are like the one normal person in your group of friends mm. and you feel like you need to vent because your life is going crazy. Um, and I've definitely been like that, you know, with like family that drives me bonkers. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are also people who really just only find entertainment and talking badly about others. And that's not yeah. the group that you want to be in because it just leads to a very miserable adulthood where you kind of have this perception that, like, you can only have fun If you are dogging on somebody and after a while, like people catch on and it's hard to maintain friends that way. So just don't, don't keep friends like that in your life. They're not worth it.
1: Let's let's flip it on its head as well is that, yes, I might not have ever had that conversation with somebody and then that person turns up behind me, but I have definitely come up behind conversations about me. Yeah. And that's the worst. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you just, like, even if it's a good thing, the fact that you can hear your, like, hear your name and your ears are burning and you're just like, oh, what are they talking about? You, you Just just turn tail and walk in the opposite direction because whatever it is, it's never going to be a good thing for you to eavesdrop.
0: Yeah. All right. Did you have any last
1: minute notes or? are That is, that is it. That is, that is it because it's our favorite scenes coming up our favorite scene of the entire book when grace is laid up in bed with a sore ankle and jackson is coming in with his breakfast surprise
0: oh breakfast with jackson
1: twilight
0: and twilight yes i laughed so hard when that happens so we will cover that in next week's episode but guys give us a share on social media uh Post a photo of, I don't know, you listening to the podcast or something Crave-related and let your friends know that you listened to the podcast this week. Let us know that you listened to the podcast this week. Uh, tag us at Crave Series Aesthetic. We are excited to hear what you think about these episodes. So let us know. Feel free to comment on any of our posts and let us know if you have any questions, if there's anything you want us to address, uh, if you have any crazy theories Those are always fun. So, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.